Welcome to a weekend episode of Locked On Women's Basketball. We're going to review a couple of the big Big Ten ACC Challenge games. I'm your host, Ben Dahl, and on to talk about a couple of these games is Eric Nemchak of Swish Appeal. Eric, how you doing? I'm good, Ben. How are you? I'm good, especially after seeing a couple of games on the slate on like the big ESPN1 this week. That'll be fun, and we're going to dive into the one from Thursday. We're recording this on Friday. That was on the the main network. Maryland at NC State. NC State came out with a win, 66-59. to And Eric, let's just start. What was your kind of big, one big thought or the, the main thing in your head coming away from that game? Uh, the one thing that I'm thinking was how on earth did NC State win that game? <laughs> no they, kidding. They turned the ball. Okay, this is funny. They turned the ball over 28 times. They made 26 field goals. Like, how many times can you win a basketball game against a ranked opponent, no less, turning the ball over more than, than more shots than you make? Like, that's that was an interesting game, but that stands out to me the most, definitely. Yeah, I wasn't, I said on, I already said this, I, I pulling up the box score at the very end, I didn't have it up during the game, and seeing that number, I was, I was just floored. I would have expected... Maryland's pressure started to do its job late in the game. There's no way I, I maybe would have expected like twenty, maybe right. maybe you know a little more than a normal game. But that number was ridiculous. But for NC State, it kind of felt like the story of the game was Kai Crutchfield just making shots, and that that really made the difference. Yeah, they really needed. I mean, somebody to step up. And what I wanted to say later, but I guess I'll just say it now. The one thing that I think really uh, stood out for me as, as a weakness for NC State, aside from them throwing the ball over the, all over the place, was uh, they really need someone like Grace Hunter to be healthy. I mean, she's not. She's clearly not 100% after coming back from that knee injury. But I think they're kind of missing somebody who can go out and get their own shot. But Crutchfield was, I mean, she was amazing. She, she hit the threes in the beginning of the game. She hit them down the stretch. And... Uh, I th- they strike me as a team that is only going to go as far as their guards take them. Like, Kunain's an amazing player, but her effectiveness is somewhat limited when you can't get her the ball. Uh, I-, I think I think Curtis on, on Twitter, my guy Curtis, he was-, he was saying something like, yeah, I mean, it- it's-, it's not good for her when the guards are taking bad angles and their timing is off. It just didn't seem like they were... Uh, like they were totally in sync. Maybe it was the Maryland pressure. I mean, you said it. The Maryland pressure was... Definitely effective, but yeah, going back to Crutchfield, if it wasn't for her, I think they definitely would have dropped this one. Yeah, Curtis of High Post Hoops and across the the timeline, an excellent resource for for all things women's basketball. Not not a very good resource for puns, though. They're not. (laughs) With with Kunane, Alyssa Kunane's this team, right? Like, this team is going to be. It's everything comes down to the fact that they can play inside out through her, and the it's strange as it was. I think it's easy to really look at Maryland through a critical lens right now, right? They lost both, they lost both their big ranked games. They weren't particularly I, I, with all the freshmen. I don't know if anyone's really expecting them to look like the dominant team in college basketball, but I think you would have expected a little them to look a little bit better, especially on for offense to really their offense to not be a little bit better by this point I think might be something most people would would agree on but 
defensively they did a lot of good things and and starting with Kunain they just fronting her in the post and I think it was just really interesting to see Maryland as we've seen in both these big games they've been willing to switch one through five and it's not killing them I think that's a, a big part of this new Maryland identity you know with the trying to really speed the game up and and and, and junk it up on defense push the pace uh, get out and run and stuff like that do you think that's more of a a uh, personnel thing though because they don't really have the dominant low post uh force you know we, we talked about Shakira Austin in the past still kind of waiting for her to really assert herself do, do you think this new scheme is kind of a result of that or or what um I don't know I think they have I mean there's some interesting players to do to do this kind of thing Kyla Charles Diamond Miller even if she's not playing a ton it, it it's just I think it's just you don't yeah they're not gonna they're not gonna overwhelm you with athletes blocking shots in the lane like a South Carolina right so maybe you can say you don't want to be conservative and I guess to look at another high profile team like Oregon State they're a very conservative defense you know they're just they just don't want to make mistakes versus you know playing to create a bunch of turnovers I I think it's I think it's also just to get them out and running where they can have Owusu, Charles, you know, even even Shakira Austin like through a few outlet passes. I think it's more just to get that to get them going to run to get better shots and get Taylor Mixell, Blair Watson running the lane for threes. I think it's just to manufacture stuff for them. I the interesting thing is I wanna see down the line, I wanna maybe even against NC State would be great. I wanna see them against a team switching like this again but then is the team going to beat them with their high low game or is there are they going to run into a, a center that's just good enough that no matter how well they front whatever they're just still not going to be able to that won't be effective enough right i mean Kunain had a terrific game 16 points 15 rebounds seven of nine i think they just couldn't get her the ball often enough which was which was that maryland defense doing its job i mean they held their own uh just not enough shots made on the other end i suppose and the rebounding. I mean, look at this. 51 rebounds for NC State, 27 for Maryland. Very A lot of weird stats, uh, statistical stuff in this game. Yeah, and if, if I'm remembering correctly, I don't think Kunain got any offense out of just a lob over the top when they fronted. I think I think, I think they, if, if, if she did, there's only like once. Yeah, there were a couple where they just got a straight entry in right away before before those were front. She had that and one drive. With the, with the rebounding, though... It, like that's gonna happen. That's gonna happen to some extent, right? I'm not gonna. Yeah, the number might be a little surprising. They, NC State was plus six on the offensive glass, but when NC State's turning the ball over, they only like, just can't stop turning the ball over. NC State's get or Maryland is getting more shots, and they're missing all their shots. Yeah, good point. So good that point. so that that's gonna kind of create a pretty big rebounding disadvantage. And at that point, Maryland. 9-19 from three, but 28% on twos. And I think that is kind of another big story for them right now. And I think if you kind of look at, like, their big three, if you would call them, maybe the, the, th- the three that can kind of, they kind of expect to create shots, Ashley, Wusu, Charles, and Austin, those three, I mean, those three played with a lot of tunnel vision in this game. They did. When they caught the ball, they wanted to score. And they missed a lot of contested shots. And, and the cameras caught... 
Brenda Freeze a couple of times saying to those players, like, hey, the kick out pass, like, it's there. Just, like, make that pass. And they weren't doing it. And, you know, I, I think that's funny because uh, – or, like, funny, interesting because, you, like you said, they were doing a great job generating three-point looks, especially early on. They got an open three-pointer on, what, like, three of their first four possessions or something like that? And then their uh, – like you said, uh, their shot creators – Really, were just looking for their own their own shot at the rim. And credit to NC State's defense; they did a great job at uh, contesting without fouling. Maryland only nine free throw attempts. But yeah, I mean, I, the way this game started, I thought Maryland would would win it running away, but uh, not so. Yeah, and the the big the big change for Maryland from from that South Carolina game is starting Blair Watson over Diamond Miller. I'll. I'll get out of the way and give you a chance what do you think of that but I, I mean I just I think it makes sense you just put a, a more complimentary player on the floor right now it's not obvious that Miller is like super ready to be you know she's not she hasn't she hasn't earned, earned it, 30 yeah. plus minutes against a good team and I just think having that having Watson's skill set out there really helps them I uh, I totally agree I mean with everything you said there plus I think having, bringing Miller off the bench you know she's a young player and uh, you said earlier she kind of fits into this aggressive defense that Maryland wants to play. So I think by bringing her off the bench, you kind of, uh, you're not really micromanaging her as much within the starting lineup. You're saying, okay, here's your role. Go out and play it. This is this is priority A for you. You know, we'll, we'll bring the rest along later. Right now, you need to be our spark plug defensively off the bench. And uh, Blair Watson, I mean, she did her job. Four of eight from three-point range. I think uh, four steals, too. Not, not bad, not bad at all. But you're right. It's 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 a more of a complimentary role. It's better better suits players like Kyla Charles and, and Owusu. So uh, we'll see if they can keep that rolling. I'm interested to see how this uh, this two point uh, shooting continues into Big Ten play because I think Maryland will be able to maybe assert themselves a little bit more heading into Big Ten play. NC State is just a really disciplined defense. Uh, but yeah, that's that's what I have to say about that. And I and I think the lineup stuff, really, it's really it has to happen to help Charles. Really, if she's playing with Austin or Stephanie Jones, sure, to just have have someone that's not going to get guarded, it just m- makes it a little bit easier for someone to shrink the floor. And I mean, the shots Watson and Mike Sell were combined to hit last night. You mentioned the beginning, each of them coming off screens. In the second half, they just went under. On Blair Watson for no reason, and she just banged two threes, and I was like, "What? What are they doing?" So just having having someone out who can hurt people like that, and with the idea that yeah, they missed some chances, probably to even kick it out and set up some set up some more shots for them too. But let's let's go back to some more NC State, the team that did did win this game. <laughs> uh, you know, Ace Koenig really was the box score doesn't necessarily tell the whole story but I agree. it's it's incredibly obvious like how badly they need her there's one point with the press i don't know if it was i think westmore was just maybe giving her a break and then they had a turnover and he just immediately has to send her back on the court i was a little surprised that they couldn't kind of snap themselves back out of it because at the beginning of the game that was where kunang got two of her buckets just running straight down the middle of the lane when that press, when they hadn't kind of gotten back into their half court defense, and the press maybe, maybe made Shakira Austin kind of want to 
you know, get out to a corner or something when we're kind of more in a zone principle versus just getting turned. It was like, man, if I saw those and I was like, I don't think they're going to be able to keep doing this, but that didn't happen. Uh, you know, that's, I mean, you're right. Like when, when you break a press, like you should ideally get a, a good shot most of the time. Um, maybe that's like, if you look at the, uh, the tail of the, the four quarters, NC State was not able to really take advantage. Like, they just kept turning it over and over and over. Again, I really still can't believe they won this game. But, yeah, Koenig, I agree that uh, the box score doesn't really accurately measure impact, especially in this game. Uh, I find it only funny. I could have sworn she made more than one three-pointer, but you're right. They need her on the floor as much as as much as possible. Uh, she's their leader. You know, this team runs through Kunain, but Koenig is, is the player who they need to – they need to keep on the floor at all times. And in the future, maybe we need to look for, can they find a capable backup for her? Like she played 35 minutes. Uh, you know, that's, she's probably going to be in the 30 to 32 minute, 34 minute range for most of the season. But how can they keep momentum or gain momentum when she's not on the floor? I think that's the big question I have about that backcourt. Yeah, and even, even when they get set against a good team, Again, Maryland switching was really notable in this game because NC State wasn't really creating very good offense. There was, I mean, they weren't gonna, they didn't have chance to like get going downhill on any drives with Maryland switching everything. Really, they got bailed out in the first half. Crutchfield got two of her threes when Maryland just totally screwed up. One play it looked like Austin just kind of wanted to go help out, wanted to deny Cunane when she had switched on to Crutchfield. There was another one. Charles and Miller screwed up a switch. Uh, the other one thought the other one was going to take her, just flashing top of the key. And then, obviously, I mean, the maybe the moment of the game was that shot she just hit all over Austin in the second half. Right? Yeah, that was that was a great moment too. But what 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 NC State kind of how they kind of that'll be an important half for them too. There weren't a lot of possessions where they actually had to score in the half court, or not as many as you might expect, because because of the turnovers, but what they look like in kind of their next big game. Like, obviously, Louisville in conference play would be a big one, just, like, what their offense looks like, especially if, you know, this, what they did to, what they did to Kunain now, like, who can, you know, maybe what they hope to beat that, beat that kind of approach with is just some more confidence in kind of their high-low, their high-low game just to get that pass and try to beat people over the top. It's, it's a good test. I mean, this game, it was a hurdle that they had to clear, uh, as ugly as it was, I mean, sheesh. The, the, I guess the, I guess the positive you could take from this was that they have a lot of stuff to uh, to look back upon, you know, especially with maximizing Kunain's effectiveness and and uh, beating the press and what have you. Because you know Louisville's going to want to press you too. So uh, and probably I don't know Louisville probably more uh, more consistent than Maryland with their the defensive discipline. So. That'll that'll definitely be a good one to uh, to watch out for. Yeah, one more. I think I had one more one more thing on Maryland. Just that it. I am saying all this again, like knowing it's so early for them and to get better on offense. They're relying on a freshman point guard, a sophomore center, maybe a couple, you know, multiple freshmen that are gonna have to give them minutes off the bench. So. It's 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 gonna be a long. They're gonna 
might be a much better team even two three weeks from now. Oh, totally. I, I definitely get, agree with that. Yeah. Right, and, and one thing it it kind of looked like it kind of looked like I don't know if Austin was just taking the matchup with Kunain really, uh, really personally, but she. I don't want to use the word chippy because people just use chippy to act like you're like one step away from fighting. But yeah. like, <laughs> she, but she like she wanted to score every time she touched the ball, and and that was wasn't necessarily a great thing for them. Kind of the same stuff we talked about when you talked about the South Carolina game. Just you know, she I mean she missed some pretty easy layups in this game, and she really wants to shoot like a turnaround jump shot, and those like those aren't good shots when like six five Kunain is just like right in your face. Yeah, they're usually not good shots anyway. But you know, when you're up against a player like Kunain, not yeah, I, I have to wonder if she's press if she's not pressing a little bit. We we talk about we, we I mean we've talked about this before. We're she's a player who we expect to see. I don't know if we expect to see more out of her, but she's a player who has a higher ceiling than 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 what she's shown. I think we could agree on that. So I don't know. I I guess just getting her to slow down, maybe uh, play the game with a little more discipline, because I, I think she's got it in her. Uh, hopefully she'll be able to develop that by Big Ten play. If not, there are some teams in the Big Ten that are ripe for uh, ripe for the picking inside. So we'll see. Yeah, and and that's by the way, like for Austin, like that's when like NC State was single covering her, like even when Kunain wasn't in the game. So like they were willing to let her try to beat them, and she didn't. And I think with some of their other options, it just kind of comes down to it just can't look like my turn, your turn out there. You know, when they gave it to Charles at elbow, they run that little snug pick and roll and she just wasn't scoring, but they weren't like passing out of that, you know, to create like a swing swing and same thing with the Wusu, like pick and roll. She got some good shots that she just missed that she's probably going to make tomorrow, you know, the next chance she gets, but also for all the attention, attention that she can draw again, they weren't, they just, it was just kind of, all right, they're running some, Charles is going to, they're running something for Charles. Now it's Austin's turn. Now it's a Wusu. So when they get to the point, because I look at other teams around the country, like think of like Beatrice Mon Premier when I talk about Miami or like mm-hmm. Texas. Like how much would they love <laughs> Taylor Mixell and Blair Watson like flanking the wings? Oh yeah, them? oh yeah. All right, that was it on that was it on Maryland on NC State. I think I think a little bit when I've caught them some of the other games that they've kind of cruised in for for little bits and pieces. It was interesting that. It looked like Kunain would usually like be the trailer for them, trailing the break like to the three point line where she was actually shooting some of those, and then she like she can put it on the floor and like attack out of that, but we didn't see any of that in this game, and that's where Kayla Jones, who's starting next to her at the four, is kind of interesting because she's the one who kind of has been running down and trying to get an early post up, and I guess kind of the flip side is kind of what what I was kind of hinting at earlier is if. If Kunain tries to get get in deep, she gets fronted. Whatever, can Jones kind of flip that? And she did hit one three in this game. And then can she be kind of fill that opposite role, make a drive here and there, and again just build that build that uh, chemistry with Kunain to make some tougher passes in there. Yeah, uh, I mean, and you're right. So get that get that high low set up a little bit. Give the defense a little bit of a different look. Uh, I mean, everyone everyone and their brother knows that Kunain's going to get the ball so it's all about what's set up around her all right and should we shall we uh move on to the other game the the big Ten's gonna the big Ten, big huge week for the big 10 man it's just i don't remember being this 
excited about watching the Big Ten at large last season as I am at this point this year. Well, uh, as the uh, as the resident Big Ten watcher, uh, I'm not gonna say expert because I'm I'm not, but I got you know a very valid Wikipedia right here open. This is the first year the Big Ten has won the Big Ten ACC Challenge. So hip hip hooray for us Midwesterners. Uh, very proud, very proud. Yeah, I'm looking forward to to watching that whole Louisville Ohio State game. Obviously, a, yeah, a win you expected the ACC to bank, but uh, yeah, what an upset, huh? That, yeah, the the nice thing, like the nice thing about the the times all being bunched together, it it was nice. Like the Maryland game, NC State game wraps up, and then Ohio State Louisville and Michigan State Florida State were like hitting crunch time. So I flipped around a little bit, but. It, at the same time, like as good as these games are, it would have been nice to have a couple of them kind of in their own standalone slot. Well, beggars can't be choosers, right? That's true. So we'll move on to Indiana, Miami. Indiana wins 58 45. Miami had a pretty decent chance still late in the fourth quarter to kind of make a game of it. It got, got down to six at one point, but kind of the same thing for Miami as their loss to Oregon State. They, they just aren't making shots right now, mm-hmm. and they're not going to win. <laughs> you know, the one thing that stands out from the box score to me, four assists. Four assists. Granted, they made 13 shots. It's hard to get assists when you don't make shots, but my God, there is just like no playmaking at all, and that's that's concerning. Yeah, they have, they have a couple freshmen who are playing for them right now, but a couple, couple returners in the backcourt. I just don't, I don't know if may I maybe one of these freshmen they expect to be that player, but I don't know if they have that player that's just an amazing shooter that can really lift them. Even like someone you can occasionally run plays for, you know. I think that's just gonna really limit them. And the interesting thing for Indiana was they kind of came off, they came off that went over South Carolina in a, in a way it was kind of playing the same game, right? They just shrunk the floor, mm-hmm. really crowded the inside, and, and they did that pretty well. You know, I, I have this as a note here. I wonder if Indiana is, is going to thrive in these types of games as the year goes on. You know, I, again, I, I was thinking, you know, heading into the game, okay, you know, Miami's bigger, they're more physical. How, how's Indiana going to defend that? They did a really great job of junking it up, uh, packing it in, kind of, Making Miami take shots from players they don't really want to be shooting. They did a great job on Beatrice Montpamir. Uh, only three, only three shots, six turnovers. But I'm just wondering if Indiana is is going to thrive in these types of games where they're outmatched. You know, maybe that maybe that brings out the best in them. They, they're clearly uh, well scouting, uh, played defensive game plan was excellent for them, I believe. So yeah, I mean that's I think you're right. Definitely seeing a theme here. Uh, they're not going to be, as Big Ten play gets going, they're not going to be consistently oversized like this. But I'm I'm very impressed with what Indiana has done so far. Yeah, their their guard play probably will take will take most of the headlines. And Grace Berger didn't even play. Yeah. In this game, she took a scary fall against Washington State. She was she was I caught that one. She was taking a charge and. That they didn't get a great replay of it, but you kind of could just what you kind of like figured she basically bore the weight, the brunt of that weight 
just slamming the back of her head on the floor. Yeah, and you saw you saw like the reaction of like the people like that worked the stanchion with the towels and stuff. Like they were like immediately just like covering their mouths, like they were in total shock. So it definitely looked like she like she fell pretty hard and that took a hard blow, so hopefully that isn't anything that's hopefully that's something that she can isn't as bad as it looks. You gotta err on the side of caution with that. Yeah. You have to. And Alexa Goldbay uh, came off the bench against Miami. She was nursing an ankle, and she I think she's been like really their standout player. Like she she's listed at six three. I'm pretty skeptical of yeah. that. I haven't <laughs> I haven't watched them in person, but I would doubt that she's actually that tall, which makes it all the more impressive. She's just she you know physical enough, like just d- does good enough of a job like boxing out to do enough on the glass, but when it's Golbe and, and Brenna Wise out there, like they can kind of space the floor. Those two give them a little bit of shooting and you combine that with really good guard play. Like that's just, that's just going to be a really good recipe. It is. And I got, I, I got to go back to Indiana's overall defensive game plan. It's players like Golbe and Wise who are able to kind of help them establish that, that sort of game plan because you know, they're really not going to be making that many mistakes. They're going to be boxing out. They're going to be going for rebounds. They're not going to be leaving their their teammates, you know, out to dry basically. So, like, like how many times in this game did you see a player like Beatrice Montpamir have a wide open look? I don't think any. Maybe once, not many. My point being, uh, they obviously knew their assignments, and they they executed it tremendously. Uh, very impressed. Yeah, so I'll, I'll just kind of I'll kind of run through what I had on Mom Premier in this game quickly, and we can kind of discuss discuss what we saw from her. One made made a couple nice plays, making as a helper blocking shots at the rim, as you would come to expect from her. She had a couple a couple plays where it just kind of felt like she forced it. Lachana Robinson pointed out one as she shot it. That was just like she kind of tried to like take her two gather two steps and like. You know, like uh, squeeze through two people and she ended up falling down. Like, use like play to your size. Just put that off the glass. A couple of the a couple of the passes she's trying to make. One like, uh, I think I think it's uh, I think it was the Villanova men, where someone did like this really good video on how they would just never have. Offensive players would never stand in the line of their defender to kind of make themselves available for a kick out. Well, Miami's like, like they had a couple points where mom premier has the ball. And then two of their own players are standing in the same line. Like she had one, she tried to kick it out to the, to a guard on the three point line. And then the person diving to the rim tried to catch it. And mom premier immediately like pointed to the guard. Like I was trying to throw that to her, but they just a couple times where they just like, didn't look like they knew what they wanted to do when she got doubled, which is like a concern. Like mom premier isn't this new player. <laughs> Um, and, and just, I think one, one thing to like, again, this is like really getting into like nitpick territory, but when she gets forced back to her left hand, I think you just, she needs to be a little bit better finishing some of those plays. There's one where Gobe just blocked her. Didn't have to get off the floor to do it. So as you kind of alluded to, I think Indiana definitely had, uh, I think, I think they had more to do with, with that three for 11, but. Still, I mean, she's so much bigger. She can play with more force. That's kind of, that's kind of a game you you need, you need more. 
than what they got. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I don't think it was all on Mon Primera. Like we said, uh, her supporting cast in the backcourt did not really do her any favors. But you're right. I mean, she was clearly forcing things. She was clearly... Indiana did a good job of speeding her up, I thought, making her uncomfortable. We should talk about uh, one of those travels that, you know, she... It, it looked like she made her move. Uh, I forget. I, I think she took the... she tried to make a move from the high, from the elbow or from the high post or something like that. And uh, she traveled because because her defender was already there and it looked like she had predetermined her move, if you, if you want to call it that. So uh, still a work in progress, obviously, but I don't know. Just the, you, you said, it's not like they just discovered Beatrice Montpamere, you know? You know she's their best player, uh, which opposing defenses know as well. So that you're, you're going to get their best shot every night. So it's just a matter of how do you free her up? How do you give her a chance to, to make these super athletic plays? How do you lob the ball to where only she can go and get it? Um, and Miami failed on just about every one of those fronts in this game. So I think that was the difference, or one of the differences anyway. Yeah, and, and we're, we happen to be coming off talking about how well Maryland did a lot of the time kind of denying – Kune in the ball, one thing Mom Premier does very well is like she's gonna set herself up to get the ball. Yes. And I last year last season, it must have been something about some of the games I watched where I wasn't seeing for whatever reason, like she wasn't showing the full picture in that game, but now there have already been moments as early as this season where I'm like, Okay, I'm I'm I feel like I'm seeing everything that I've seen other people praise about her. And one of the things that she's I mean, she she just like Full will just full on sprint the floor, yeah, to yeah. get her butt into the post and get deep, like two feet on the arc or on the on the charge circle, and it's like that's like that's really impressive to work that hard. Well, this isn't you know I know this isn't a WNBA podcast, but that's the one thing that I think is most impressive about her is that not only does she have the the body to be to really you know out hustle and uh, out athletes not a word but I'm gonna go with it out athlete the uh, competition. But she knows how to use it. I mean, the coaching staff has very clearly worked with her on this, saying, hey, you're bigger, you're taller, and you're faster than everybody else. So how are we going to best maximize your talent individually? And for her, it's just a case of, you know, once the rebound, once the shot goes up, she's sprinting the floor, and she is sealing as deep as possible. So I, you're right. That's very impressive. Uh, she knows what she needs to do. The coaches need what she needs to do. And it's just a matter of them now getting a guard who can – you know, actually get her the ball on a consistent basis. Cause I feel like so many of her points, she's manufacturing herself, whether it be, uh, you know, offensive rebounds or, you know, scrapping for a loose ball or what have you. I really want to see her in more of a free flowing offense. that isn't so clunky. You know, that, that's how I would describe Miami's offense right now. Uh, it's a concern, but once, if you have a talent like mom premier on the inside, I mean, it's just a matter of, who do you put around her to best maximize her talent, basically? Yeah, I mean, just the way they're the way that team was playing, having you know having watched the Oregon State game in full too, you know they're they're playing like they they expect their guards are expecting to create something off the dribble, so just like just n- not not really looking to be like a catch and shoot threat often like that. I think that's just like a lot of the problem like right there like if you want to do everything putting it on the deck you just you can't have everyone trying to do that at the same time yeah. and with to to bring to 
to uh, round round it out into a positive for Mama Premier, like I bringing up the finishing, like I bring that up because when she does get to her spin move, like it's it's really nasty. It and is. if she she so she really will really need to get to the point where if she's you know six feet and in, if she can just get you know put her shoulder in someone's chin, like she needs if she needs to be able to get to the point where she's finishing with either hand no matter what, and then it's really gonna be that that'll really be a really healthy positive baseline for her yeah i agree i mean i i think as far as a uh a post player is concerned she's most of the way there as far as as uh as skills as low post skills she's clearly improved from last year right you know she's not just a rim runner anymore she's not just a drop step player anymore she did make one spin move in this game whereas you know i mean indiana had absolutely no chance of defending it so but now comes the dreaded left-hand finish, which you alluded to. Um, once she gets that down, oof, it'll be a problem. Yeah, so a couple more things just kind of on the, the flow of the game. Indiana didn't even make their first three until pretty late in the second quarter. Yeah. And I think that one was wise. And, and Gobey followed that up with a pick-and-pop three. And that's when you see... You know, when those players are hitting shots, obviously that's when you're going to start to see the gear ter- gears turn for that entire team. Miami was actually down. down. Miami was up five. Sorry, Indiana was down. And it was 25-20, to 20, I believe. And then Indiana closes the half 11-0. And that, coming out of the half, that grew to a 21-4 to run. And that was basically your ballgame. You know, I, you're right, and thank you for bringing that up because I remember during the game thinking Indiana is outplaying them as far as in the half court goes, but they are just not making threes. And I was just wondering when are they going to start? When are these some of these shots some of these shots going to start going down? And that large run you alluded to was you're right. That was a ball game. I mean, Miami just didn't really have the have the offensive oomph to get to get uh, the control back of that game. They were in it. I mean, it was a pretty low-scoring game in, in which, you know, they had their chances uh, in the fourth quarter, but uh, kudos to Indiana. They they played a heck of a game. The game plan was perfect, uh, and they were a few three-point shots away from really making this a blowout, honestly. Yeah, the, the, the big moment they had in the second half to kind of make a game of it, Wise slipped a screen and just made this awesome read and slips the rim for a layup and that was she did that as mom premier was had three fouls and maybe maybe the foul trouble came into play there she didn't try to come over and and contest that shot at all but you fast forward it miami cut as i mentioned they cut it to six at one point and indiana's going pick and roll it was uh chanel wilson who was replacing Berger in the starting lineup and Mom Premier is, has stepped up. She's meeting the ball handler. And then they just helped off strong side corner, fired it out to Wise, drilled a three, and then they ran some of their corner action. Jalen Penn hit a three, and then it was right back up to 12. And that's that's kind of the you know the personification of what you mentioned of just when are they going to start making threes. And one of them, they kind of gifted it to them and right, kind of at the – really what ended up being kind of the biggest moment of the second half for them. Uh, I, I have nothing to add to that. I mean, you do such a great job of breaking it down at a micro level. Uh, 
it kind of makes you wonder where that was <laughs> towards the towards the beginning of the game. But I'm going back to it. They were running good action, I thought, at the beginning of the game as well. Um, it's just a matter of you talking about my premier. You know, uh, she missed one assignment, one assignment there, whether it be because of fouls or just a, a lapse. But then you know, Indiana made him pay, and that's and that's what good teams do, you know. And I feel like this game was really a statement. Uh, is is a win against Miami going to be looking good down the stretch? I'm not so sure, but regardless, I think we need to start taking Indiana seriously as you know a, a legitimate Big Ten contender. Yeah, and I just last thing for me on the game, like I just like a couple more things, like geeking out on like Indiana's front court, like just making some really cool plays. Like Goulbet had like this turnaround jump shot in the post over Mon Premier. She just she's left block back to basket fakes middle, pivots on her right foot and just kissed a jumper off the glass all over her like and again like I I'm highly skeptical that she's her listed height like to <laughs> to put in a shot like that over Mom Premier that was an awesome moment and Mackenzie Holmes who started for Bay, she's a Holmes is a true freshman and she she had a couple just like awesome like they're not gonna make sports center top 10 but as a freshman true freshman post player she had one at i think it was against washington state where they're running some of their screening actions she flashes towards the ball side and she just caught the ball it's just such a simple thing but like she caught the ball brought it up with her left hand way up high and somebody came over to try to block it but she just like put it so high that no one's gonna get to it and like that was like the total opposite of the pet peeve where like a post player catches it and they're totally robotic and they do like the power dribble drop step when no one's guarding them right. and just like waste time and end up getting blocked. And so like, and the, the commentators mentioned, uh, I'm forgetting their names, but the paradise jam, they mentioned like all the fundamental work that their posts do and warm up. So clearly like from a development perspective, like they do a really good job with their bigs, but Holmes had two more plays just like that. I just feel like I have to mention, like she had this awesome reverse early in the game, going down the baseline. She threw it off like the very top of the backboard and just dropped it in. And she had another one, uh, transition. She starts dead even with mom premier and just full sprint beats her. And again, like I'm not, obviously not like sandbagging mom premier. She does a great job running the floor too. And she sprints it on this play, but Holmes full sprint, just beat her by just enough, caught it full speed, and just, like, put the layup in with, you know, 6'4", Beatrice Mom Premier, just, like, in your face. Like, it was just, like, you don't see, like, you don't see a lot of that stuff from, like, a lot of post players, right? Like, it's just, like, right. the plays like that were just really impressive. Kind of makes you wonder how good she's going to be by the time she's an upperclassman, right? Well, it, well, until, like, what I said, like, I really want, I'd like, I'd be fascinated to just see, like, what they do with their post players. Oh, like their know? drills? Like, just, yeah, yeah. I mean, the, to to some degree, like it's, I'm sure a lot of the, I'm sure like a few of these players like came with a lot of this what they have, but I think I don't think any again like mentioning their guard play, I don't think anyone is really going to look at Indiana and kind of start, you know, the first bullet point probably won't be their post players, but I think it was just it was just, it's just cool to be able to like highlight and to see all these plays that where they're making an impact. And like to that point, you know, it's hilarious is like, we haven't even said Ali Patberg's name in this whole thing. Oh, we haven't. She played yeah. the whole game. Kind of a big yeah. deal, right? 
yeah, especially with uh with with no burger, she had a couple couple nice plays getting all the way to the basket. Had a nice floater. You saw the pull up jumper and yeah, Pat the Pat Berg burger duo is really interesting. Like they they're kind of I don't know what the word is. I don't want to quite say risky, but like they they kind of up like like they can they can they really push the needle and they like can get into the lane and like they they cause more headaches than you think. Like they like it looks like they're trying stuff that's like really tough, but they just they just like really know how to force the issue when they get towards the basket. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think Patberg really set the tone for this game, um, especially in the first half. She was really excellent at getting into the paint and pushing the needle. You know, creating havoc. It might not show up in the box score. Like she didn't have a huge game. I mean, I mean, heck, you're playing 40 minutes. You're leading your team. She is, I think, uh, would you say she's Indiana's best player? I would. Yeah, I would probably say that right now. Yeah, so, I mean, you know you know what she's going to do, but you still can't stop her. So that's, I was, I'm always impressed watching Allie Patberg play, especially against opponents like this, where, you know, you think she might be outsized, you think she might be overwhelmed physically, but she just has that extra, that extra gear and that extra bit of physicality in her, where she can, uh, she can keep her, where she can play her game and really um, drive Indiana's offense. So, always watching, always a pleasure watching her play. Yeah, and and again, like tying this back to like the the other game we discussed, like I get like, I guess the part I failed to mention is just like what makes them so good is like Patberg and Berger, like like they want the ball, and they have the handle. Yeah. To just go yeah. beat you and make a play, and that so like against. I think I think that's where you can kind of see when you have guards that can when you have guards that can just get by people, which is what you're gonna need at the end of the day, and then you have people up front who can stand out there and shoot it. That's that's what makes them pretty scary. And I and I'd read that the last I saw, I think I think they were targeting a possible like January return for Ben Duyani. Oh, you know, honestly, I totally forgot about her. I know she got injured. Uh... You know, funny story about that. Uh, our good friend Blake Dudonis, when I was at the last year's Big Ten tournament, I remember mentioning to him, "That girl is, that girl is yoked. Like she is such, she is such a strong upper body." He said, "Yeah, I remember watching her in high school and thinking, is that their coach? No, that's their player." And that was a, that was, that was pretty funny. But no, I mean, she would add. You're right. She 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 would add a total different dimension to this team. Uh, obviously wouldn't want to rush her back too much, but just the size and the strength and the and the extra guard for, for dribble penetration and what have you. So, yeah, that's that would definitely be a big add. Maybe Patrick wouldn't be playing 40 minutes a game uh, with, with Yanny back, but, yeah, yeah, excited to see her back on the court. You're right. So, to wrap on this one, with Indiana, I would, I would full definitely recommend them, like, you know, if Big Ten isn't your beat, if you obviously like maybe you don't have Big Ten network, like Indiana would be an excellent team to kind of use as your proxy mm-hmm. to to kind of catch a lot of Big Ten games. And until we get more news or just see Burger back too, like also if you see a result that kind of surprises you, like remember, you know, she isn't playing, that might that might have a lot to do with it. But other than that, do you have a uh, do you have any? Final thoughts or anything to wrap us up here on the, on those games? Uh, I've actually got a shout out. Um, happy birthday to Indiana graduate assistant Sadie Edwards. 
my friend and former USC player. Uh, he's always psyched on the sidelines over there, doing a great job. Coach him up, Sadie. That, there you go, and that's my, uh, <laughs> that's my <special laughs> shout out. And that uh, that's yeah, that was huge huge weekend for Indiana. It's I guess like I guess I'll I'll end it with a question for you. What's oh, okay? What's a reasonable? How high? How high? How high do you think Indiana is getting here? Can they be? Can they get into? I guess just really like what? Like who do you see as like at the top of the Big Ten with what you know now? Mm-hmm. Maybe versus the start of the season and like do you do you look at Indiana as like they should be? Maybe think like should they be in like even in three seed four seed conversations by March? Three as far as the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Um. As of right now, I don't see why not. Uh, I think I think so much still has to be determined. It's kind of I'm still kind of getting adjusted to like UConn not being a total powerhouse and Notre Dame being a complete non-factor. So, uh, but as far as the Big Ten itself goes, I think you could make it make a reasonable argument that they're the best team in the Big Ten at the moment. What with Maryland's uh, recent struggles against NC State. I still think Maryland is probably, you know, going to come out on top at the end of the season, but they're going to have legitimate competition, you know, in, in Indiana, in Michigan, in Michigan State. It's, uh, it's, I think it's going to be a good season for the conference. Um, so, like you said, if uh, even if the Big Ten is not your thing, I would, I would recommend trying to, trying to catch some games because I think it's going to be a good season for the conference. And uh, as far as NCAA tournament goes. I think that'd be a good measuring stick, honestly, because you know Indiana has already beaten; they've already beaten South Carolina, they've already beaten uh, Miami, teams which you would head into the season expecting to be NCAA tournament, uh, you know, expecting them to be in the NCAA tournament. So, I mean, Miami, Indiana's resume is already pretty darn strong, I would say. So, once they get Berger back, once they get Yaney back, I think definitely a three or four seed is, is doable. Yeah, for sure. All right, you heard it there, folks. We will wrap it up. On that note, thank you for listening. Remember that you can follow Eric on Twitter at E and keep up with all his work over at Swish Appeal. Eric, do you have any anything to tease or anything you want to let people know that's kind of on the way? Uh, maybe a little bit. You know, over at Swish Appeal, I'm doing a, uh, a once-a-week thing. I might have said this last time, last podcast, but I'm doing a uh, one-per-week. I'm doing a... Uh, WNBA prospect preview, kind of like a little short little inventory of each uh, each prospects, you know, strengths, weaknesses, what you can do to help a WNBA team, how to watch, you know, which games this season you're going to want to watch or play in. So for most seniors and draft eligible eligible juniors, I'm going to be doing that once per week. And also, don't forget about Euro League. Don't forget about Euro Cup. I'm going to be doing a little bit of coverage on that. Uh, I've been doing some weekly previews, and those games are all free. They're all free streamed on YouTube. So uh, every Wednesday and Thursday, if you'd like, you can check out Switch Appeal for some EuroLeague preview. And uh, maybe if you're at work or something, having your coffee, you can catch some of your favorite WNBA players playing overseas. So, uh, yeah, I'll catch you on the interwebs. All righty. And if you aren't subscribed to this podcast already, please subscribe to it. Give us a five-star rating. Please. Of course. And that'll do it. Eric, thanks for coming on today. All right. Thanks for having me, Ben.